So I had a discussion with EP Mike about Irish goodbyes. Okay. And it's like, we've already discussed everything we need to. We're about to part ways. And he's right. like, yeah, so did you catch that baseball game? And I'm like, dude, go away. Like, execute the plan of the day. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're dismissed. Uh, but a true Irish goodbye, nobody really knows you're leaving now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, right. being Irish and having... North Irish or South Irish? Just pale and <laughs> pale and awkward. Okay. Um, no, but a true Irish goodbye, it's just like, you've met people and they're like, oh, where's Mike? Oh, I haven't seen him. He just left. That's an Irish goodbye. Okay. Well, are you uh, are you going to sing again for this intro? No, 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 no. I feel everybody liked it last week when I got drunk and sang to open the show, but I feel like we captured lightning in a bottle once. So lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are there's so many jokes I can make with that. Okay, well, give me one. <laughs> lightning in a bottle would kind of be like the used condoms <laughs> that, <laughs> that women steal from your apartment. First off, first off, we're we gonna do this again. Number yes. one, embellished. Number two, <laughs> I don't use condoms. <laughs> Number three, uh, there's there's no number three. Welcome to the smoke pit. <laughs> a, <laughs> that was kind of a weak A. That was super weak. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, it's my fault for being so funny. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah, you're charming. You're good looking. You're hilarious. The full package. <sighs> I wish some people would recognize that. Oh my god. So we have uh, episode twenty two. Two two. Hey, two, I was two. a two two. Hey, garbage unit. I mean, absolute garbage I unit. Why, why do you say that? I mean, one, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> and do I need a number two or three? Because I have them. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I I just did the mew. I mean, it wasn't anything. We didn't go down range. Much like how you don't go down on girls. Oh my god! What the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Are we using this audio? Zing. <laughs> Boom roasted. Uh, so speaking of uh, garbage two two, <laughs> and um, everyone who's in it is garbage. Right. Um, you know who else has a lot of garbage? What do you got? Iraq. Okay, yeah. Mm, and Afghanistan. True. Surprising amounts of garbage. Yeah. I mean, not so surprising when you've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's fair because like, just walking around like Chesapeake and driving around, like I'm a little pissed off about how much litter there is, you know? Yeah. Like how am I supposed to have the moral high ground and like shit talk other countries when my own city looks like ass? That's true. And I mean, with you being removed from not only active duty, but being in combat for so long, do you still do the thing when you drive by like... Just a rogue garbage bag full of shit on the road. Do you try and avoid it? No, no, I swerve towards it. Do you? So, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. Take me today, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. We've been apart too long. Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, we figured um, we'd probably um, go a, a little heavier with the combat stories this, yeah. this episode. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not looking forward to it. I try to stay funny and, like, consistent, but this is... If you want to talk about war, let's do it, man. Let's fucking do it. So, welcome to the Smoke Pit. We have Mm -hmm. myself, Dan Sharp, Iraq, Afghanistan, Marine Corps Infantry. We got my co-host, Mike Sensi, um, FMF Navy, Afghanistan, and a dozen other countries and Mm -hmm. women's bedrooms. (laughs) And our executive producer, who's known as EP Mike, to avoid confusion, Mm -hmm. um, Army Combat Engineer, Afghan Vet, and I had to take him to the ER the other day. Mm. He had acid reflux. Oh, wow. Sat there for three hours. <laughs> you doing all right, Mike? He thumbs gave, up. He gave a thumbs up. Okay. <laughs> the people can't hear you when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, I don't know if you guys have uh, heard this or not, but I'm actually working on a book. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a collaboration of a few different authors. And we're all going to talk about, like, our, our first firefight or, like, our, you know, first experience in combat. And so, I was going to read um, a portion of the first chapter. Mm-hmm. You ready to do this? Oh, man. All right. Go ahead. Imagine the most beautiful sunset you can, powerful, bright, humbling. For a moment, I had forgotten where I was. The bead of sweat that ran into my eyes reminded me that I was in Iraq, on an outpost smaller than a little league field. The evening called a prayer from the local mosque filled the air. 
I clung to the sound like a blanket on a cold morning. The echo of the last word faded in the night to be replaced by the sound of my heart beating through my chest. The crackle of distorted speakers was seemingly always replaced by the sound of something truly dreadful. Frantically, my ears began to search the nighttime for a sound that I knew to be next. Faintly, it arrived, a distant puff. There she is, boys, my team leaders yelled. A poo, or a point of origin, meant an enemy mortar attack. It's begun. Someone is trying to kill us. Hmm. How, how long ago was that? Jeez, uh, like 14 years ago. Yeah. You still remember it vividly? Pretty vividly. Yeah. You know, like, there's girls that, like, I've had sex with that I've completely, like, forgotten 99% of the details. <laughs> but that, that, that distant poo. Yeah, yeah. You never forget a good poo. <laughs> you never forget a good poo. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I have the the first chapter written, which mm-hmm. is actually fairly lengthy, but, you know, I don't want to go too into details because yeah. I know our listeners have a tor- <laughs> short attention span. They do, and a lot of you only watch the clips online, so it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, which we will not be doing many of this week. <laughs> and why is that, Dan? Because uh, I, I had a bit of a, I had a, bit of a moment mm-hmm. in the shade mm-hmm. of my beard. Yeah. Dan is beardless right now. Yeah, that's why I'm hiding behind the microphone. Exactly. I don't even know why we're filming it. <laughs> <laughs> just throw one of these combat comb over cans at the camera. <laughs> EP Mike is like, oh, my life. <laughs> my $10,000 camera. <laughs> my baby. Yeah, congratulations uh, to EP Mike, though. He just um, graduated with his bachelor's degree in film. Hey. Good shit, Mike. I you want to say something to the people? Nope. Okay. Nope. All right. All you right. heard him, folks. Jesus He's Christ. speechless. Yeah. Speechless of his own accomplishments. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say what um, institution granted mm-hmm. him a bachelor's degree so right. you guys don't go leave bad reviews. Yeah. University of Phoenix Online is not <laughs> very <laughs> reputable. No, no. He, he came from a good school, he and did, that's he why he somewhat knows what he's doing. This is true. So uh, what about you? What about your first time? My very first... My very first exchange of a two-way gun range. No, I meant like your uh-huh. your your first time losing your virginity. Oh, Jesus Christ. Imagine it was in a barn. My, my first time. Yeah. Actually, my first time, uh, I was 15. She was, Jesus Christ. Yeah, she was 22, which is a crime, correct? Yeah. Everybody, yeah. Everybody. You banged a pedophile. And um, no, it was in the back of my buddy's Jeep, and it lasted at no more than 15 seconds, and it was... Uh, I haven't missed a day since. <laughs> <laughs> Not a day. So the next time he tries to say it's an embellishment, what uh, you sh- time it stamp, is an embellishment. <laughs> time stamp oh that. Oh, my God. But it's my ringtone. Jesus Christ. Haven't missed a day. <laughs> but I, I would have guessed like a, a corn barn or something, but no, the back we, of a Jeep. It, so it was funny. We're actually playing uh, uh, beer pong in my buddy's barn, and then it was in the <laughs> back of knew Jeep. It. So yeah, you're I not, fucking knew it. I mean, the stereotypes exist for a reason. There's yep. not a lot to do in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so about your first firefight, though. Oh, now we're doing that? If, if you're done talking about sex, you <laughs> deviant. <laughs> I know you have to bring it up every episode. What is going on around here? Um, yeah, probably lasted no more than 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, mine was quick, and uh, I didn't write mine down as eloquently as you did, but it was uh, essentially we were going up to uh, – uh, the Shirkvani, uh, Shirgazi route, which we did a lot, and uh, ID hit the hit the lead Vic, so we halted convoy, and then we took f- small arms from just the right side, which is like the weakest attack ever. So yeah. like every other person in the world, I was like, oh, hey, wait for the left. Nothing happened, <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> not even a complex yeah, ambush. No, no, oh man, <laughs> not complex at all. Um, so obviously the gunner was the first one to return fire, and then it was me and. Uh, 
one of my other Marines sitting next to me and he's like, he's like, let's dismount. I'm like a fucking word. Let's do it. And, uh, so we dismount chaps was up there near the gunner. I was like, sit right there. He's like, Roger that. He's like, I'm in the safest place. I don't know why you're getting out. <laughs> and, uh, so we dismount, I press up against uh, one of those giant tires and I'm, I'm looking, I'm scanning and I see a muzzle flash, uh, coming from one of those gross little mud huts and felt like forever away. So I started return fire on there. And then the more we called out and it just, it didn't last very long from what I remember. But then we sent the scouts out. They were all confirmed kills and everything. And then we, uh, as soon as we repaired Stacking the Stacking bodies. Yeah, right, yeah. And as soon as we repaired the lead Vic, which it had a mine roll on the front, so all it did was, like, fuck up the track a little bit. And uh, then we just, we carried on. And it was over just like that. I mean, there was a lot more instances that happened, uh, that deployment. But that was my very first time. And so, like, uh, what did you learn about yourself um, from that? From that, probably... Um, that my nose activates, <laughs> I can breathe really well, my <laughs> adrenaline spikes. Um, and honestly, you can, you go through training with all the guys and stuff for months and months and months, uh, just expecting to get into these gunfights and stuff. And then until it really happens uh, and you see them perform and want to help and do everything they're trained to do is it just, uh, verified the fact that I could trust every single Marine that was on that convoy with me, even if they didn't know me and like, even if they thought I was a doc, which happens a lot. Um, <laughs> they just, they knew, they knew what mission had to be accomplished and they fucking, they did it, man. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool to see training actually pay off. I, um, I think that from, from my first engagement, I, I kind of learned like how small in the universe you really are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you're just kind of like sitting there waiting for the, um, you know, fate to decide your destiny. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to live? Are you going to die? Are you going to be maimed? Are you going to be horribly injured? Are you going to piss yourself? You know? Right. Right. I uh, actually, um, Speaking of which, I think I'm going to make this meme. Uh, you remember that part of, uh, what was it, uh, Billy Madison, where he was trying to make the little kid feel better, and he's like, everybody pees themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Billy I'm probably going to make a meme yeah. about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but like trying to play off your first firefight like you weren't scared. <laughs> everybody pees their pants. That's what the cool kids do. Yeah, if, I, if peeing your pants is cool, then I'm Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's sad is the majority of the girls we go after don't even know who Miles Davis is. Uh, to be fair, when I watched that movie, I didn't know who Miles Davis was. So. <laughs> That's a that's the cool thing about um, you know being in your thirties and going after girls in their twenties mm-hmm. is most of them have never read a book, right? Right. So whenever I like you know quote something interesting, like they think I'm witty and original, mm-hmm. like I came up with this Shakespeare line. Yeah, <laughs> when you just yell, it's a trap. They're like, oh, uh, <laughs> indeed, it is it a trap. Is a tra- <laughs> you saw me out. Yeah, yeah proceeds to grab a condom she hasn't poked holes in. <laughs> no use, you clever dog. The one you came with, you smart man. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, what what would you what what advice did you pass on to the guys who were uh, relieving you? Um, well, it's it's different because obviously I was an RP, so um, my job downrange obviously was just to bodyguard for the chaplain, any other non-combatants that left the wire, and then anytime we we're on an established fob, I was literally teaching McMap. So my downrange deployments were pretty uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> so sounds pretty dope. Yeah, it, it was honestly it was some of the best times of my life, but. Uh, yeah, any advice I'd give to guys relieving me, it was just, you know, take care of your guys, take care of your chaplain, but most of all, take care of yourself because, um, believe it or not, I am an empathetic person. Well, at least I used to be. And uh, any Marine that kind of came to me, um, I was triaging before I sent him to Chaps if he even needed to see him or he or she. And uh, so I would I would take on a lot of that, that, that guilt that they had and just yeah. wanting to help and stuff. And uh, I remember one time, I've never told this story, but... There's this kid. Um, We're here for you. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, see, Me this and one. the tens of thousands of strangers <laughs> who are about this to hear this very intimate moment. I like to keep things light, but this is depressing. Um, this kid came to me. He's a Lance Corporal. He was uh, 
he was with the RCT, the regimental combat team we were supporting, and uh, he had lost two members of his squad in the first month of being there, and he still had nine months to go. And he had been coming to our chaplain a lot, and one day he looked a little more panicked than usual, and he actually, that's when he told me what happened. He's like, man, he's like, because uh, we were on Leatherneck, and he wasn't even on Leatherneck. He was at one of the uh, the cops, and uh, he, he came in, and he was just like, man, he's like, it's just so weird. He's like, you come here, you, you, you make that flight together, and he's like, and I'm rolling over my cot every night while I get some sleep, and that cot's empty, and I roll over, and the other cot's empty. He slept right in between them. And so for that whole nine to ten months he was out there, he not only had to, you know, keep his head on a swivel to do his job, but anytime he got some time to rest and what you would do and recoup with your boys, like, he just looked left and right, and neither of them were there anymore. That sucks. Yeah, and so, unfortunately, the end of the story is uh, that Marine did kill himself uh, a couple months after we got back, so. That also sucks. Yeah, yeah. So, it's just, it sucks, because you reach the handout, and, and you're just like, yeah, man, you never say it's going to be okay, because that's cliche and not correct. Um, and so, just listen to this poor kid. I was, you know, a couple years older, and all he wanted to talk about was, like, how many engagements you guys got in? Like, oh, how many IDs you got? He wanted to talk about combat. Yeah. And, I mean... I get it. That's that was his life, and that was his world, and that's where we were. But I was like, man, you gotta kind of stray away from that. You gotta think of something more healthy. But yeah, like I think at that point, like I would have like broken down the cots and like moved them. Yeah, you know, like just to sit there and look at them. Yeah, like, he looked sh- at them every single day. I saw him probably four or five times uh, throughout that nine months I was there that time, and he he talked about that a lot. And uh, yeah, it's just it sucked because you know he looked like your typical grunt. He's just you know skinny, shaved head eyes just bloodshot as all fuck <laughs> just stressed and you know yeah, by god afghanistan was by far my my worst deployment yeah like if you got four hours of sleep straight that was like you were fucking jubilant yeah oh for sure yeah you know like and we um we we were kind of out in the middle of nowhere and we had a um <clears throat> uh, we, we had a heavy rotation and like my first deployment I think maybe like uh, a dozen guys in my company got Purple Hearts. Yeah. And like, you know, it's bad enough as it is. And then like on my fourth deployment, I think we had like 40 or 50 guys get Purple Hearts in the company. And the company was like even smaller. Like I think my first deployment, the company was like 300. And my my fourth deployment, the company was like 120. Jesus. And so we were having like like one in four guys were getting Purple Hearts. And it was all IEDs. Like, Iraq was mainly gunfights for me, and I know everybody's experience was different. Right. But Iraq was, like, the Wild West. You know, like, anybody out after curfew, you could shoot them, Mm -hmm. you know, like, kicking down doors, being kinetic, you know, house to house, street to street, um, you know, big operations. And then Afghanistan was just uh, trying not to get my legs blown off. Yeah. And we uh, we were losing EOD guys left and right. Oh, yeah, that was huge. And it got to the point where we lost so many EOD guys that, like, you couldn't just call them out because you had a funny feeling or saw, like, disturbed earth or an ant trail. Same here. So you'd have to get, like, you know, indicators. So, like, Mm -hmm. all right, um, you have the high metallic signature uh, from, you know, your your metal detector, your Valen, your CMC, whatever. And then Mm -hmm. you have to find, like, either the edge of a pressure plate or, like, white lamp cord or whatever. And, you know, it sucked because, you know, as you're uh, investigating or, you know, interrogating these IEDs, like, you know, you're having guys getting hit that way, too. Yeah. Because not everything was victim initiated. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you had um, ones that were, you know, set with washing machine timers or ones that were, um, you know, like you'd have like a, a washing cloth pin with two wires wrapped around the either side of the mouth with like a piece of cardboard in between tied to a kite string. Mm-hmm. And so whenever... You know, the, the Marine came across the aiming stake. The enemy fighter would, you know, pull the kite string. It would remove the cardboard, uh, complete the circuit, detonate the penalty. Yep. And uh, the longest one that we found on an IED was 400 meters. Jesus. So this cocksucker was Jesus. 400 meters away with a little fucking string ready to fucking end my life, you oh know? Oh, my God. 
and we're in the same time zone. <laughs> God. Yeah, and fuck that guy. It you know it was just like the every time we came up with something to like combat whatever they were doing, they would like try to counter out. So it was like a cat and mouse game. Yeah. Like it got to the point where like we're fucking carrying the most like ridiculous shit. Like we're uh, we like you know you have what you think is like your infantry you know tactics you know and SOPs and stuff like that. All that shit went out the window. Yeah. Like the motherfucker was like Tigerland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so in Iraq, it was like, all right, we're gonna be in a tactical column, mm-hmm. first fire team, possibly in a wedge. You yeah, know, yeah. like we're gonna be whatever. And then, you know, that's when we're out in the open, you know, we get shot at, take cover, return fire, fix and flank, whatever, call in air support. And then when you actually get to, like, the the city, you know, your urban operation tactics, you know, you set your cordon, you have your overwatch, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're clearing rooms and stuff like that. But in Afghanistan, like, that shit, like, I feel like the Lost Boys out there, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially because they, uh, they, they um, I, I was the most senior NCO, um, and I had worked with the most foreign military units, so they gave my squad to a platoon of Afghans. Mm-hmm. And so it was 45 of them and eight of us living in one of their patrol bases yeah. in an embedded training team, mm. which is kind of like some weird shit because you're usually only here of like special forces like doing embedded training teams mm-hmm. and stuff. But, you know, like the, the, the fucky thing about the Marine Corps is they like to treat you like cannon fodder and big <laughs> operations. Yeah. But then, like, in other instances, they'll pull you to go do fucking some, like, uh, ricky-ticky shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, Like, they sure. sent me to Jordan to write the fucking urban operation package for the third tole. <laughs> yeah. Like, an entire fucking battalion. Like, I literally wrote the book for them <laughs> on how to fucking room clear and shit, you know? Literally. Yeah. Because I was the primary mountain instructor, uh, military operation, urban train, um, in Quantico at the basic school. I was, you know, was one of the primary mountain instructors out there. So they're like, all right, you're good at this. We're going to send you to Jordan to, yeah. like, teach an entire battalion how not to die. Ugh. And then, you know, you get to Afghanistan. It's nothing but mud huts. And it's yeah. like, all right, where's this long T hallway Sergeant Sharp taught us about? Yeah, exactly. you know, like, yeah, so you trained the Jordanians. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I trained so one Torlay. And, and imagine how bad they wouldn't be if old Sergeant Sharp yeah, were there. Yeah, if Dan didn't put <laughs> bless them. The cool thing about those guys is they um, – you know, they, they were just your average everyday guys. It's not like they were meat eaters, you know. No. It wasn't like it wasn't like they're Marines. And uh, they were wily, though. Like, they, they knew that I smoked at the time. So, like, every five minutes they are offering me, like, a cigarette. And so, I'd, like, I'd light one up and they'd all, like, rack the fuck out. Yeah. I'm like, no, motherfucker, just because I'm smoking a cigarette doesn't mean you have to stop buddy rushing or yeah, exactly. room clearing yeah. or <laughs> machine gun drills. They have you know? ADD for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple of them, like... Uh, I saw a lot of them down there, and a lot, a couple of them were, you know, pipe hitters ready to go, but then some of them were just, like, holding hands, you know, walking around, trying to jump in the shower with hey, you. Hey, we hold hands. Yeah, well, I mean, that's different. We make love. <laughs> it's much different. <laughs> yeah, and I bet, you know, if you if you put two M4s in our hands and said, like, <laughs> hey, go clear that building, there's a 50-50 chance we're going to come out of it alive, that's which is good. high odds considering, you know. Yeah, the numbers, yeah. Yeah, how fucking many people die in, like, legit urban combat, you know. It's true. You get some fucking unit that, you know, they... They clear, like, a few fucking rooms because they get pop shot. And they're like, yeah, we're fucking fighting and shit. Like, right. Until you've actually, like, come to a fucking hallway and seen, like, an enemy fighter at the end of it. Like, yeah. that's a whole different fucking ball Oh, game. yeah, for sure. You know, because, like, you can trade lead on top of a roof, you know? And that, that's scary enough as it is. Like, I've had fucking rounds, like, hit the wall right over my head, hit the piece of cover I was hiding behind, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
uh, you know, send fucking like um, gravel and shit flying up into my eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Rounds, you know, pepper on my feet as I'm running down the road. Yeah. But that's a whole different fucking ball game. Like when you're in an actual house with somebody who's shooting at you five feet away. Who's been in the house and knows yeah. the house. Knows yeah. the house. They, you know, they know where to fucking wait for you. They know yep. where the blind spots are. They're throwing grenades at you. Mm-hmm. There's IEDs. Like that shit is fucking brutal. <laughs> that's war. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, I still would have taken that over Afghanistan, though. Yeah. Because it was all fucking IEDs, you know. Like, we got shot at maybe twice the yeah. entire deployment. Yeah. And it was, like, harassing fire from, like, uh, four, kids. <laughs> four or 500 meters away. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, Afghanistan was just all fucking IEDs, man. Like, uh, I was out in that embedded training team, and uh, seven of my Afghans fucking got pink-misted by, um, I think it was, like, a 70-pounder. Oh, damn. Yeah, so in Iraq, in the beginning war, they were using, like, um, artillery shells and stuff as, you know, IEDs and stuff. and. Mm-hmm. After they finished blowing it all up on us, yeah. eventually they started making their own shit, HME, homemade explosive. And the the funny thing with that, I forgot the uh, ammonium, potassium, or ammonium nitrate or whatever, but they had, the way the acronym, like when you took the scientific principles and put them together, it spelled mm-hmm. out anal. <laughs> <laughs> so like, watch out for the anal out yeah, there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, oh man, oh, you better believe I'm watching out for it. That's right. I'm always looking out for anal. <laughs> and so like uh, a 10 pound, like you figure like, like an oil jug, you know, like mm-hmm. you would change your oil with. I'd have a whole like 10 pound, like one of the bigger ones, like maybe like a kiloliter box uh, size. It was like 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 pounds would be like enough to like blow your legs off below the knees. 30 pounds more likely kill you if not take two or three limbs. Yeah. And then once you start getting up to the 100 pounders, like those are cracking MRAPs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so this was like a 70 pounder and they were in a, a, a soft skinned uh, like Gen 2 Humvee, Oof. like open top hatchback. Same chance, yeah. Yeah. And they're just fucking driving and um, fucking boom, pink mess. Yeah. Uh, one of them lived and the, the seventh one, he lived and then died the next day. Ugh. And so it was like. You know, we had to go down there and, like, collect the bodies and, like, mm-hmm. wait for the evac and shit. And it was just soup, man. Like, oh, yeah, fucking jawbones and yeah. ribs and spines and all that shit, you know. And, you know, just sitting there, like, on the fucking bodies waiting for whatever two-star in Kabul to finish his fucking Guitar Hero. Right, exactly. Tournament at the USO <laughs> to, you know, authorize moving of, of the bodies because they have to be buried before sundown. Otherwise, they get real pissy. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a big deal with them. And so we're sitting there, like, literally on these fucking body bags. And I was like, fuck it, I'm hungry. And, like, I bust out, like, a fucking one of those, like, first strike uh, power bars. Did the, you get in there? The, the Ranger yeah. bars. Yeah, the Ranger bars are yeah. fucking god awful. Terrible. And so I take a bite in that, and all my fucking boots are like, oh, thank God. Like, I didn't want to be, like, the dickhead, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't think they'll care. Yeah, exactly. They're not going anywhere. And then so eventually, you know, we got the authorization, and the fucking, you know, the uh, the bird came down, and a bunch of the uh, the higher-ups and the Afghan army came out to our position because, mm-hmm. like, that was their dudes, you know? Yeah. And so, like, they were, they were helping us carry the bodies onto the bird, but we didn't need help because, I mean, most Afghan soldiers are, like, a buck ten to begin with. Oh, easily. Like, soaking wet easily. with bricks in their pocket, yeah. you know? And then after, you know, you get fucking turned into pink mist and, mm-hmm. like, these, I just remember when I went to pick up uh, a bag, like, you know, like, when you pick up a bag that has, like, a marine in it, like, there's some heft there, you know, yeah. especially with, like, you know, if, if they keep any of the gear in it or, right. or whatever the case is. Sometimes if the ID is bad enough, like, shit gets fused to the body so you can't remove it. Mm-hmm. Like, you take what you can, like, serialized gear, like, night vision, bayonet, like, whatever, for accountability. So, you know, because you want to make sure the enemy doesn't get it. Right. Uh, but you know, I went to heft this bag and I almost fucking like clean and jerk that shit right over the wall. Oh yeah. And like, I'm glad I didn't cause <laughs> yeah. I've been like, super disrespectful. Yeet. <laughs> yeah, just yeet. <laughs> uh, Fidel man. Who's a good man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Super light. Turns yeah. out. 
And so, like, I, I almost yeeted this fucking bag over my head. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. And then, like, you know, this, like, Afghan fucking general came over and he took the other strap. And, like, you know, we loaded all the bird, you know, the bodies on the bird. We came off and, like, everyone's, like, patting our shoulder and, like, fucking, like, all the Afghan officers are, like, crying and giving yeah. us hugs and stuff. And I'm like, I get it. Like, it's a time to be emotional. Like, you didn't serve with these guys every day like I did. Right. But at the end of the day, like, I think that's what, what, what happens to a lot of us is we internalize that shit, you know? Because mm-hmm. this, this wasn't the first KAA that I've experienced, you know? This wasn't right. the first fucking person I've evac'd. Mm-hmm. And so, like, these dudes are just, like, tore the fuck up. And, like, yeah. part of me is just, like, get the fuck over it. Yeah. Like, we have a war to fight. Like, yeah. the mission doesn't stop just because, you know, like... But then the other part of me was just like, man, like, you can't tell somebody else how to grieve, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's getting to the point now in my career, especially, um, if I hear of, like, a suicide or, like, the onesies and twosies who are still dying downrange because th- there's still wars going on, people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's to the point, like, if he's one of ours, like, ugh, got to get my dress uniform ready. Like, I just start thinking like that, you know what I mean? Like, I never think, like, oh, how how did how well did I know this person or anything? Like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's made me very jaded. Yeah, and also to the fact that I think we talked about this a little bit, like when somebody does die, like all of a sudden they became like the best Marine or oh, the best course. soldier yeah. that's ever existed. Yeah. And I, I remember like not to speak ill of the dead, but I remember sure. one of the dudes that died, he was a real cocksucker. Yeah, yeah. Like I did not like him at all. Yeah. People yeah, be didn't dead mean I didn't want him to die. Well, of course, yeah. But <laughs> but yeah. he was a prick. That's a really good point. <laughs> you you hear all the, the eulogies from friends like the most bravest, like most honest, like no and no. <laughs> yeah. Like this dude still owes me fifty bucks. Right, like, exactly. can, I, can I get an, uh, an yeah. IOU out of the SGLI? Like, <laughs> can I put a lien on that. Yeah. I mean, do I talk to his family? Like, how, how does how this work? How soon is too soon to ask for money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude had me take his duty and never paid me. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and it, yeah, and so, and then like you, you know, you go back out to the uh, your patrol base and stuff, and then like the Afghans are pissed. You know, like yeah. they're they're not from that area. Uh, because they didn't want to be like corruption, you know, so like whatever units they'd send them, you know, they'd deploy them elsewhere. Cause mm-hmm. like, imagine if we had like riot police, like, would you want like the local riot police or would you want like riot police from a different area? If you were like the command, right. if I was local, I'd want the local police course, because, yeah. you know, they'd be more sympathetic, but as like a command, as far as like effectiveness, you want another unit. <clears throat> and so like, they're like, they're fucking just turned on the locals. Like we'd be out on <laughs> patrol and they're like fucking beating up people and like yeah. breaking shit. And I'm like, look, I get it. You're pissed. But like, you know, we, we got to still be professional. We don't want to create more insurgents than we kill. Exactly. Yeah. That's big. And so we, um, we, we did like a snap VCP and he's like, uh, this kid, he probably, probably maybe like 13 and his brother was like eight and they, they were coming through on a moped. And so, uh, I, uh, I told Trevera who was like the, uh, he had the X-spray kit and I was like, all right, you know, do an X-spray on him. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, like a explosive residue kit. Yeah. And, uh, the younger kid, the eight year old, he popped for a uh, homemade explosive. Yep. And I ran the test three times before I said anything, <sighs> which, you know, like they're very fucking, I, I is is there a saying you can say when somebody's very cheap about something that isn't racist? Because the first three that came through my head were all racist. You can just say cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Good job. <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, you know, and a- anytime you do anything, they want a fucking report oh, and yeah. accountability oh, yeah. and stuff. And so I ran this test three times because this kid was like eight, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I, I looked at Trevera and I was just like, brother, man, like, are you sure? And he's like, sorry. And like, we did the test three times. Like, you know, like it's out of our hands at this point. I'm like, yeah. all right, Roger. And so I go over to the uh, the patrol leader because, like, when we went out, it was like a squad of Afghans and like four of us, and then the other four would be back at like the patrol base, you know, yeah. like on their like either supervising training or watching, you know, the the G boss, like the big thermal camera that we had on our MRAP, mm-hmm. and you know, 
just make sure like if there was like a mutiny they can like fucking yeah yeah because that was a big thing you know yeah. like you you have like the insider attacks and mutinies and all kinds of shit you know oh, all the time yeah. so it was like there i mean there was one time where i fucking uh the the staff sergeant that was in charge of like the uh like our portion of it like he got into a fucking physical altercation with the tolle commander and like he fucking uh he busted him for being corrupt and he was like taking funds off the top that the um, that he was supposed to be like using for force pro right and and so he like tried to take the notebook as like evidence and like the um the the dude had his bodyguard like pull an AK on and the staff sergeant was like a fucking I think he was like a three tab uh former yeah. MARSOC like martial yeah. arts uh, instructor trainer, yeah. you know, black belt red tab. <laughs> the wrong like guy. the the wrong motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and so he did some fucking Jackie Chan shit and fucking like put hit put the bodyguard down. Yeah. And then like the, the fucking uh colonel or lieutenant commander or whatever in the Afghan army ran over and he hit him with a fucking uh heel palm strike in the solar mm-hmm. plexus, dropped him. Perfect. And like I'm out on patrol when this is happening <laughs> and my fucking RTO Lloyd was just like uh Sarden <laughs> and he hands me the mic and like I'm listening to this in and like I'm hearing fucking um the, uh, the staff and CO calling the report. He's like, yeah, I just beat up the Tolle commander. <laughs> and like the fucking, like the, the little Lance Corporal was like, uh, uh, Roger. You hear the background, he did what? <laughs> the fucking gutty is like, the, the staff sergeant, yeah. you better explain yourself right now. And just like, dude, like that freaking out over the net is not the way to do it. No, like, God, no. Roger, yeah. consolidate, we'll send QRF. Yep. Like, you know, it, you, you know, you're not having a fucking an argument with your girlfriend, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I'm on patrol and I hear the fucking like uh, this going over the mic and like the Afghans kind of like hear certain words, you know, and they're like mm-hmm. leaning in and I just reach over and I turn the volume down. <laughs> I was like, let's head back to base. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a good time to regroup. <laughs> yeah. So I tell the squad leader, I was just like, hey, man, like I got to head back to base. Like, yeah. So at least the four of us can turn into eight of us. It's a little bit more defensible, you know? <laughs> Because out on patrol, like, IEDs were so bad, like, we had to mark the lane with shaving cream. Yep. And if you step to the left or to the right, like, there's a good chance you would hit an IED. Like, the intel report said that Sangin was infested. Infested, yeah. With, with IEDs. Yep. I mean, much like your underwear. Yeah. And <laughs> what the fuck? Kidding. He has, he has free medical ladies. You know what I'm taking care uh, of? It's not infested. <laughs> it is there. <laughs> and so, you know, uh, you know, back to the uh, to the uh, the X-Pray story. And so I, I go up to the the, the the patrol leader and I was like, hey, look, like, you know, we did this uh, this test and, you know, the, the little one has a um, homemade explosive residue on his hands mm-hmm. and he lost his shit, you know? And I'm like, dude, like, calm down. Like, you know, we got, like, we'll detain him. We'll call in the report. We'll go back to the patrol base. We'll wait for, you know, um, the the mobile uh, unit to come pick them up, right? And you know we're just gonna do our jobs, and so we get back to the patrol base, and like I go in there, and, and anybody who's ever been on fucking patrols know this feeling. Like you get back into friendly lines, you know, you you clear your weapon out, um, you know, put the round back in the mag, right. go back, you know, to condition three or yellow or whatever, whatever it was, yeah, yeah whatever fucking changing, goofy yeah. things. And, you know, so you walk in and, you know, you, you pop your fucking top off and you still have all your gear on mm-hmm. and, you know, you have your weapon, your Kevlar, and you're walking in to the uh, the COC. And I'm like, hey, um, uh, I was just like, hey, man, like, uh, I think it was, God, what was this kid's name? He stepped on an IED and it was like, it only partially detonated. So it just sent him up in the air like three feet. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, harms. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I tell Harms, I'm like, hey, man, like, fucking, you know, spin up this report. Like, we detained this kid. He popped for HME. And so, like, I, I go back out to, like, you know, supervise the chain of custody for, for everything. And I come around the corner, and the fucking uh, patrol commander or the patrol leader and his, like, uh, A-slash were, like, beating the fuck out of this kid. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, I leave you assholes alone for two seconds. And they're, They've like, waiting. <laughs> yeah, they're, like, giving him the habliga chops, you yeah, know, yeah. like, the fucking knees. Jesus. And, like, 
And yeah, like they're beating the fuck out of this. And it's like an eight year old kid. Yeah, you know? of course. So it's not hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I get it, man. And I'm like, dude, like I understand. Like you just lost seven of your boys. Mm-hmm. Like this kid has. Yeah. Just literally, we caught him red handed. But like this isn't our job, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, you only only the courts will really say if he's innocent or guilty or whatever. Right. Um, you know, maybe he was just transporting shit, and, you know, because his family was threatened or whatever. Like you don't know. You can't treat everybody like like shit you know yeah especially especially overseas like they were known to give their kids just like in gunfights like when they're outnumbered they would just give it to the kids and be like all right you know i'll protect you peace out like just yeah. finish this for us please <laughs> like so who knows what that kid did yeah or even that or they'd just be like hey take this gun and go hide it you know right. like yeah, I'm, gonna yeah. just, I'm gonna pretend like i'm just a goat farmer right you know? right <laughs> yeah and so it, it was fucking it was difficult you know because of uh you know, you, you, you expect to, like, lose people. You expect to, like, fight armed combatants. But you don't expect to, like, have to fight kids, you no, know? No, you never do. No, and, and it just goes to show you, like, how shitty the people we are uh, we're fighting, you know? Yeah, I mean, war war is war, and it's hell, like everybody knows. But it, it is weird. Um, I, I remember coming back, and the dead kids thing really got to me just because I wasn't ready for that. You know, I was ready for buddies lost i was ready for enemies killed but no one ever tells you about the kids you know yeah and so that was that was my biggest thing um so you're right i empathize with that as well <laughs> and it's not just you know the uh, the ones that you see that got shot or right. whatever because like uh or you know you put a tank around into a house because you're taking fire and you go to do your bda and there's a mm-hmm. family in the fucking corner you know right. you're like God, all huddled like, together yeah. like christ what have we done yep you know it's not i mean it's not our fault but it is you know and so it's like one of the things that you have to live with but not only that, but I, we were out on a patrol and, uh, you know, we kind of like pop in on houses from time to time, do a little spot church, talk to, talk to locals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like you'll get Intel reports like, Hey, this guy wants to give you Intel or through your own like sources and stuff. Like you've made connections and this dude is like, dude, look, I'm really fucking scared. And I'm like, Hey, well you got to tell us like if something's wrong, like yeah. we'll protect you, whatever. And see, like the thing is you can't go straight to this guy's house because <laughs> that's going to fucking... <laughs> It's going to out them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what we have to do is we have to search, like, ten houses in an area, yep. and then, like, house three or house nine, mm-hmm. you know, will be the actual informants. Yep. And so, you know, we're doing a little spot checks, like, going through, I think, like, three or four houses down the down the road was the guy we're actually going to talk to. And <clears throat> the uh, the corpsman was just like, hey, uh, Sharp, you got to come see this. And I come in the room, and there's this, like, little girl, like, maybe four years old, and she has third-degree burns over, like, 25, 30% of her body. Yeah. And she's, like, all fucked up. And I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ, like, what happened? And I'm like, was this us? And, like, no. Um, her mom was, like, cooking rice, and, like, she ran over and, like, knocked over the boiling oil. Mm. And so it wasn't even combat-related. Yeah. And he was just like, like, Sharp, we got to do something. You I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, obviously. And so, you know, we halted the mission, uh, passed it over to, uh, you know, hire – they, um, they actually flew the little girl and her father to Baghdad to get her skin grafts. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and so, like, while we were there, like, he was, like, teaching them how to, like, clean the wounds because they didn't mm-hmm. leave for, like, two or three days because yeah. they had to, you know, get the wheels spinning and all that and the paperwork. And so, like, the doc was teaching them how to, like, clean the wounds and, like, dress it and, like, ointment and stuff like that. Uh, you know, give them all the supplies, and you're just like, you know, yeah. God bless them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've, we've done the best we can. Like, we'll be back in a couple days to, so, you know, take you on a convoy right yeah, yeah. but it's like that wasn't even combat related but yeah. you you know you see things that are all fucked up it's true you got mm. anything else on that <sighs> well, so i have dead. like 38 more stories just about fucked up kids i was gonna say i <laughs> the dead kids thing really got to me um not so much about dead. not that i want to talk about it's not really stories just i saw a lot of them unfortunately yeah 
Um, I did want to touch on the Jordanians about um, their fighting prowess because there was an instance where we were at uh, Fab Shirgazi. Like I like to talk about the place a lot because we traveled there. And uh, and the, everybody loved me as the RP. So <laughs> I, like, I like to shout out the good places. Um, so we used to travel there a lot, like regularly. And we missed one trip because uh, Chaps had hurt his knee PTing because he was a prior Marine and he PTed all the time. Yeah. And he... Uh, so they're like, oh, we got we got to miss this trip. And I was like, all right, whatever. So I sat on leather neck and I jerked off for like two straight days. It was great. And um, so then we get reports that like, sure, guys, got hit. Like people are coming back. Like I was like, oh, fuck. And so <laughs> so what happened was there was a Marine in our office. And I was like, I was shaking him for information. I'm like, what happened to my favorite fob? <laughs> and uh, he's like, all right. So this is are the whores okay? Are the whores okay? <laughs> are all my fans okay? <laughs> um so they came through with a V-bid to open up the gate, on, I mean, obviously, and then they came through with uh, a couple vests, like three guys in vests with AKs, and that was, again, their plan. Very, I, I experienced a lot of the B-teams downrange. And um, and so the V-bid took out the gate, and then they were opening up on where the Jordanians were, and next to Jordanians was usually where the guest tent was, which is where me and Chaps would sleep. And so if we had been there, we would be absolute spaghetti. Because yeah. that took out the whole fucking guest tent. It was like to shreds. I mean, stuff was blown apart. So it's probably a good thing we weren't there because uh, there wouldn't be a smoke pit. But, uh, <laughs> but or even worse, it'd be me and EP Mike. That's right. <laughs> so there wouldn't be a smoke pit. Um, Man, so like, why why did they put like your staging area outside of like was, the Force Pro? It was a super fucked up situation because. The fob was so weirdly constructed. It wasn't really even a fob. It was just a place where <laughs> there was Marines. like, And so it was yeah, nothing but Something open. that was built that we just like, okay, well, shit here. That's exactly like. what it was. It was, And all around it was, um, just outside the wires, was nothing but farmland. And, I mean, for miles and miles and miles. So the fact that you even got the jump on them to get a V-bid through there is fascinating. It just actually shows complacency on everybody there. And... Um, not, I'm not talking shit, but it's what happened. <laughs> and uh, yeah, whatever Lance Corporal was on post. That's exactly what it yeah. was. And uh, so we, uh, yeah, so I'm talking to this kid, and he's like, yeah, he's like, so they came through. He's like, nobody was really ready. Again, just stagnant. And uh, the Jordanians, two of them responded. We're just fucking, you know, going right at him. And uh, yeah, welcome. That's right. <laughs> so those are the ones Dan <laughs> trained. Um, so they were, you know, doing pipe hitter shit. And this kid, he's, he's like, I couldn't find my rifle because it was lost in all the stuff. And he's like, so I ran over and there was a Jordanian sitting in one of the uh, the fucking fallout shelters and he's just clutching his rifle. And he's like, give me your fucking rifle. So they're doing this back and forth. He's like, give me it. And he's like no, he's like, give me your fucking rifle. So, um, uh, yeah. So once he got the rifle out of his hands, by the time he uh, uh, went to where the action was, it was pretty much over. And so, uh, unfortunately, some uh, Jordanians did die. Um, and so when they were... Clear. Those weren't the ones I trained. The, they, uh, I'm pretty sure they were actually. No. And uh, it said if property, I trained them, they would have been <laughs> invincible. It said property of Dan Sharp on their body tag. <laughs> and uh, so they were cleaning up. So we got there um, a, a day later when they were still cleaning up, and uh, the body bags were like near the front and stuff. And uh, there was this local farmer in the area who would just walk onto this fob all the fucking time, like everybody knew him, and he, he was known as the footbread guy. He would always bring fresh baked footbread to everybody. Oh, fucking and, delicious. Uh, yeah, it's really good. And uh, one of the things I loved about that place. And so, again, they never screened this guy. He was just like, they made an understanding years ago, I guess. And it's like, <laughs> hey, if you don't fuck up my crops or my farm, like, hey, I'll bring you footbread. Yeah. And so, during all this confusion. There'll be no, no terrorist shit right, exactly. with the footbread. And so, he comes in. 
uh, he just like walks through the open blasted gate and uh, um, again I just got in there and uh, I was like hello my baby hello right. my darling like, okay, hello cool. my ragtime gal and, and uh, I'd never seen him actually deliver it before and I was like hey should I draw my rifle on this guy like what the fuck and um, so everyone's like hey it's a footbred guy and went back to you know pick up pieces of stuff and so this guy is just so numb to this in his war torn country he would literally step he stepped over the body bags of the dead Jordanians stepped over them not Jeez. around them literally over them like <laughs> Alan Iverson and fucking uh, went up to us and was like, footbread, footbread. And I was like, ah, maybe, maybe later, man. Yeah. <laughs> maybe respect the dead. But um, yeah, just uh, just another random thing about uh, <laughs> war-torn countries. This shit like that stuck in my head. The footbread guy always makes me laugh. You know who uh, couldn't make footbread? Who's that? Uh, the kid that I saw that got his leg blown off. That's <laughs> Why? Because he got his leg blown off. But he couldn't like... make feet bread. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you need like, like something to like stand on to put foot on like unless he had like a like a chair or something you know like, or like the villagers like hoisting him up oh my god <laughs> so uh, uh speaking of which yeah. um you know kid gets his like blown off and mm-hmm. um or he gets a prosthetic and uh so i take my squad by the, the compound and uh you know we go in there to check on uh, you know everything see how things are going and he was actually on his way to school okay and so i asked the kid i was like you know um, you know, so sorry this happened. You know, did you did you stop going to school? And he's like, no, like this isn't going to stop me from getting my education. Nice, wow. Yeah, and that that hit me pretty deep. You wow. Because yeah, I cut class a lot. Right. Yeah. I I refuse to use the GI Bill because <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to be a nerd. <laughs> yeah. And I'm stupid. <laughs> and so like that, you know, he still walked to school every day. Like here wow. we are with you know thousands of uh, you know tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Yeah. Walking the same streets, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a sweeper. He doesn't have a Valen or a, um, a counter ID like jammer or a sickle or body armor or anything and he's and he's already gotten a leg blown off mm-hmm. and uh, he's still walking to school every day wow. and so there there's actually a picture um I'll, I'll have to post it on like the smoke pit story or something yeah, when sure. this episode drops uh, i handed him a sharpie you know like the sharpie that you use to write like tourniquet and stuff on like people's forehead or whatever and uh, asked for his autograph because i i told him that he was the bravest kid i ever met that's awesome yeah and so you know he gave me his autograph and um so I think like two or three times a month, I would take my squad um, around the area and we would uh, do route clearance sweeps uh, around the school because, you know, like if you can't even fucking walk to school safely, like what the fuck's the point, you know? Yeah. And so in like the two or three months that we were doing that before we got relieved, we found seven IEDs that were on the streets around the school. Wow. Seven separate IEDs we found. And it was just gut-wrenching to think that, like, those cocksuckers knew this was a school, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, here they are intentionally putting fucking IEDs, like, on the the streets around it. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean, like, you know, within, like, a click around it. I mean, like, these streets were, like, literally within, like, 20 or 30 meters yeah. of the school. God and I think four of them were on the roads that actually went around the outer compound wall. Yeah. Four of them were actually, like, on the road that was touching the compound wall of the school. And then, like, the other three were, like, little side veins that you, you know, that you would take to that road. Yeah. And so it's, like, these pieces of shit were, like, doing that. And so I felt like that was, like, a small contribution that I made to to that community. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, you you go out on your missions and stuff like that. And the idea is to keep your Marines safe, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you want to destroy the enemy, but you can't destroy the enemy if you have casualties. So it's very important to, you know, do good route selection, to, you know, study rat lines, to study um, intel reports, um plan things on like time of day you know mm-hmm. like uh, all right so you know 
where is the sun position? Where is the shadow, you know, on this alley because of these walls? Like, where are the blimps? Where are the ISR? You know, like, what uh, infrared or what surveillance went over that area last night? What direction did they come from? You know, mm-hmm. and you take 30 different pieces of raw information and, you know, the patrol leader puts all these things together and decides the best route possible. And I was very fortunate that um, um, any mission that I was directly in charge of, I didn't take any casualties. Nice. That's good. There was, there was missions we were on that, you know, um, that, you know, we hit IEDs, but I wasn't directly in charge of it. There was, you know, a superior who was in charge of me, and yeah. I just happened to be, like, a vehicle commander or whatever. Okay. But every single route that I ever planned in Afghanistan, we didn't take a single casualty. Nice. And um, we actually, you guys, when we were in San Antonio, you guys met my, uh, my sweeper, uh, Barrera. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Funny story about that. Um, so he and I were fucking like, uh, you know, thick as thieves because, you know, I'd have my route planned out and it's really important to communicate with your sweeper and stuff. And mm-hmm. and so he'd be like, sorry, look, I don't have a good feeling about that, that alleyway or this route or whatever. I'm like, all right, dude, like you're walking point. Like, right, right. Like, you know, if, if you don't have a fucking warm and fuzzy, like we'll go around or we'll, you know, interrogate or, you know, we'll do whatever we need to do to make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's. And not to not to bag on other people, but that's kind of I think why a lot of units took casualties because they were more worried about time having priority than yep. mission having oh, priority. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, like I told the guys, I was like, I'll be fucking three hours late for a patrol. I don't give a shit as long as I can bring all my Marines. Yep. And so we had this like telescoping um, pole that had like a sickle on the end of it and extended out to like eighteen feet. And like I was always fucking like sickling corners and mm-hmm. alleyways and intersections and stuff like you know because like um, tactical tap uh, tactical. Titical. Tit. Titties. <laughs> uh, Think about titties. Uh, God. Typical infantry Go tactics. You want to cover obstacles by automatic fire. Yeah. Whether an obstacle be a choke point or a barrier or whatever. And, you know, since they lost, you know, the majority of the gunfights, you know, they just started putting IEDs over choke points. And, you know, and so I think I popped like uh, four IEDs with my sickle. Mm-hmm. You know how fucking puckering that shit is. I'd, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're interrogating and oh, there's an ID. Yeah. Like, but yeah, so like we we'd always go real slow, and you know I always trusted his instinct because he was he was an O three fifty one, and when I said that this company was undermanned, like seventy of us came over from a different battalion. Uh, right before they deployed because they were so undermanned and we were all most of us were 0311's infantry yeah and this was a weapons company and so they used this as mainly their dismounts it's ridiculous and um you know so we were undermanned to begin with and um and but he was uh he was an assaultman so he's used to like explosives Mm -hmm. and c4 and all that stuff and um so he was um he was sweeping with the metal detector and now the actual pressure plates themselves use uh, low metallic uh, carbon rods from batteries like d-cells and that's what they would tie the wires to and put the pressure plate on. You know, you step on it, complete the circuit, detonate the penalty. And the only metal that you could detect was like the nine volt batteries or whatever power source they were using, right. which they wised up and typically started staging far enough away from the actual um, uh, IED itself that it was hard to, to, to detect, it, yeah. you know. So that's why you had to look for all these other indicators, disturbed earth, antrails, you know, turn the map around and be like, if I was an enemy, where would I put things? And, you know, mm-hmm. and there's times where, like, if I was the bad guy and I, you know, was on the other side of the map, I would put the fucking batteries over there and I'd sickle it and pull out a battery mm-hmm. and be like, sing it again, Ricky right, exactly. Biatch. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my first rodeo. Yeah, and um, 
so we were, we were there and I was just like, all right, so, you know, what, what are you thinking here? Like we have a little fucking a little powwow. Right. And it's not like, you know, typical infantry tactics where you can just kind of like meet in the middle for like a leader's recon or like whatever. Like we're single file with the fucking uh, shaving cream uh, line. Right. That was your, your fucking, you had to hold that like a handrail, you know, that was the swept path. And even sometimes like we had people get popped on the path just because everybody in front had stepped over the pressure plate, you know? And uh, there's this one kid, I, I, uh, God, his, name, his first name was Lewis, and um, he was a little short, stubby kid, and whenever he was walking, I was like, stop, look at your feet print. And he looks down, and he's like, well, what, Sergeant? I was like, look where the beginning of your foot and the end of your foot and your alternate start and stop. Hmm. I was like, you'd leave no, like, open ground. Oh, wow. And granted, you have all your gear on, you have your pack, like, everybody's taking stutter steps to begin with. Mm-hmm. I was like, but if there is an IED on this track you're going to find it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you barely leave any room in between your steps. Like you're literally touching every inch. Yeah. Cause in Sangin, the only safe piece of ground was the place you're stepping on. Yeah. And Somebody not even if there print. was, yep. if it was a command initiated IED, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I told him, I was like, stop. All right. And, uh, so I'm talking to, to, to Barrera and I was like, all right, so what do we got here? And I was just like, I don't got a, he's like, I don't got a good feeling about this. So like, I'm like, all right, well let's interrogate. Cause like I said, we lost too many EOD guys to, yeah. You know, just fuck around. So he's doing a sweeping. He gets a pin. He interrogates a uh, nine volt battery. We're like, all right, cool. That's one. We need two. And so he starts kind of like, you know, gently like fluffing it with his fingers. And he sees like a little bit of what looks like exposed white lamp cord. Because okay. lamp cord is what a lot of what, because it's cheap. You it's know, cheap, it's, yes. You know, highly manufactured, highly conductive. You know, the insulation keeps it from eroding. Mm. And so what appears to be like a small white uh, wire. I'm like, all right, cool. We got disturbed earth. We got a uh, battery. We got the fucking white lamp cord. Like, boom, call it in. Absolutely. And like two hours later, EOD shows up. And <laughs> when they're interrogating <laughs> it, you know, those like uh, metal, like ointment cream tubes, like, um, like preparation age. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those. Yeah. And so it was just like the end that was like rolled up and it made it look like cord. The battery wasn't attached to anything. Yeah. And so it was a fucking, he, the EOD dude fucking pulls it out of the ground. It's like a fucking tube of hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> and you're like, ah, boom, roasted. <laughs> so we spent three fucking hours on a cordon oh for God. a goddamn fucking tube of hemorrhoid cream. And we're, you know, we're all, we're all giving him shit about it. But yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, look, man, like I, I would rather be wrong about fucking, uh, I'd, I'd rather be wrong about 10 fake IEDs than oh, wrong about one real. Percent. Yeah, one real IED. I remember the first time we called an EOD for a confirmed IED. And it was funny because the IED, it was like, the, it was, should have been an arrow just pointing and saying, don't run this over. Because it was like, <laughs> it was a thing they used to do. I don't know if they did in Iraq, but they'd stack rocks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, so it was like a lane of stacked rocks, obviously not normal. And so, and then you went, it was literally a lump in the disturbed earth. And it's like, this is the most IED ID I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and so they called it. We Complete with a guy with a pair of binoculars. Exactly, like, yeah. It was like a movie. It was ridiculous. Guy with a camera. And like, so Nothing I remember, suspicious. <laughs> right, nothing to see here. And uh, we were, my Vic was in between two mountains. And this is where a lot of my anxiety from uh, my 2013 deployment came from, was waiting for EOD because it took them nine hours to get to us. Jesus. And so, obviously, whatever, I would rather them take 10 hours, you know, and fucking get this uh, out of our way. But we were in between two mountains. It was me, and it was the, uh, there was a lieutenant colonel, for some reason in our Vic, the driver, lieutenant colonel, and then me and Chaps. And that was it. It was always in our Vic. And so we were just, like, bullshitting forever. But I would sit there, because I had my security face on, because, you know, Chaps sitting there praying or whatever he does. And uh, 
I was just like, did something move? And like, <laughs> and there would be nothing. And then even the lieutenant colonel was like, RP, come fuck down. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, look, I'm the only one in this vehicle who's going to do anything and shit pops off. And so you do shit with your pistol, sir. Right, exactly, like. yeah. With this fresh haircut and shit. And uh, so for nine hours, I sat there scared out of my mind, waiting for an ambush, just waiting. And I remember uh, I took like the longest pee of my life uh, because I just chugged nothing but rippets and water before we left. And then I had to piss. Obviously, it was good that we found Zaidi. I was probably going to piss my pants. And um, <laughs> I remember opening the door. Like, <laughs> it's like, it like a movie. I, like, opened with my rifle. I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so finally, I pulled my uh, poor excuse of a penis out, and I started peeing all over the place. And it was, like, the longest piss of my life. It felt so good. But then uh, while I was pissing, I was just, like, looking out into the Afghan mountains. I was like, I hope some- nobody shoots my fucking dick off. <laughs> so literally for nine hours, we sat there waiting for EOD to show up. And I was just like, did you guys hear that? What's going on? What is that? <laughs> and they're like, RP, calm the fuck down. Were you all zooted on cocaine and hookers? No, I was a copious amount of rippets, and I had just masturbated before we left, so I was like <laughs> hyper-focused. <laughs> yeah, a shameless plug for our sponsor, Combat Comeover. Hey. It's a pomade. Uh, it'll make your hair look good. Check out combatcomeover.com. Check them out on Instagram and social media. Various scents like uh, cocaine and hookers. Mm-hmm. I married a stripper. Smell delicious. Did you see that he's coming out with a new scent? Yeah. Yeah. And guess what it's called? I mean, I know. You're going to tell the people? <laughs> Pop Smoke. Hey. I wonder what it smells like. Uh, EP Mike's Chundle. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so it smells like... <laughs> Juniper. Yeah. So it smells like <laughs> bush light and sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... um. By combatcomeover.com. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, not the domain name, just the product. Please <laughs> <laughs> take this URL from him. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about that. Um, you know, instead of Rip It, you should have had Strike Force Energy, but I don't think they existed yet, so I'll give yeah, you a pass. I don't think they did either. I'm pretty sure Sean was out there with me <laughs> at some point, <laughs> up in those mountains providing Overwatch. Yeah, snooping and pooping. That's right. Yeah, if you check out Strike Force, you can use our promo code. Uh, smoke pit hey. for a discount. There you go. Yeah, we, I didn't we, know we got a promo code. Yeah, yeah. We um, I I asked them if our promo code could be cream pie. <laughs> they said no. <laughs> well, then I don't want to do business with. Them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put that in the notes when you uh, when you make your order. You right. know, when they're like, you have any specific instructions? Just cream pie. Cream pie with the hand clap emojis because I'm very sassy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, so it's it just you know crazy to think that like at that point in time like you're on fucking edge and yeah. you know your head's on a swimble mm-hmm. like you're trying to just fucking stay alive and now here we are just two assholes with the podcast right, exactly <laughs> talking about it i mean granted i know you got a deployment coming up but <laughs> I have uh, a work trip coming up <laughs> is that what it's called it's called that's what it's called yeah yeah he's heading to uh, san diego to go to comic con <laughs> <laughs> that's right and get my sex changed while i'm out there so <laughs> it's gonna be a big month ep how are we doing on time uh, uh we're at uh 55 minutes okay okay he went full Obama there. He did. Uh, uh, what we need to do? Uh. <laughs> <The> stuttering communists. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't actually believe that. It's just uh, the, uh, what's it called? Uh, epic rap battles of history mm-hmm. where Obama went against Romney. That yeah, was a yeah. fucking funny line. A lot of them are good. Yeah, speaking of which, they're coming out with uh, season six. And our uh, our friend, uh, the Marine rapper. Yep. 
They said if they need a black guy, they'll call him. <laughs> Is that what they said? More or less. Oh, wow. They said if we need somebody who fits your description. Oh, my God. A black guy. A black guy. <laughs> <laughs> With a red mohawk. That's right, yeah. It's a very niche market. <laughs> very, very niche market. So do you have any uh, you have any final thoughts on this combat-heavy episode? No, nah, man. I, I think we kept it light. We did. We kept it very light, and I appreciate that. Mainly you did that for me because I'm a little pussy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, if... Um, if anybody got anything out of this, uh, that's, that's all that matters. Yeah, and it's um, it's you know people ask a lot of questions, and mm-hmm. you know they yeah you know, they're they're eager to you know prove their metal. Sure. Which I recently found out is spelt spelt differently than normal metal. Is it? Yeah, like metal is M E T T L E versus uh, like is like your strength of character. Really? Yeah, like you know test your metal versus huh. which you think figure would be M E. Um, M-E-D. T. I was thinking because metal, like that's the, the metal you're awarded, right? But like, like if you had like a metal suit of armor, it's like M E T A L. I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'm so goddamn dumb. <laughs> His face has got me a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so they're like, you know, how do you handle it? Man, it's mainly just by, um, you know, putting on. You, know, you get back from the, the patrol, you put mm-hmm. in earbuds, and yep. you know, you um, you listen to music to forget the faces of the men you've killed and the men you've lost. That's right. I'm with it. See you next time. (laughs) Bye.